Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. I'm so thankful to be here. Um, this place is near and dear to my heart. Um, got to spend a lot of time in Ohio, and I love Ohio, so um, my family's all here, so I love getting to come up here, but, you know, stepping into this place, as soon as you began to pray earlier, just the glory just came into the house. You know, I could just feel, I mean, it's already here. It, it resides here, and it resides in every one of us. But the peace of God that passes all understanding that Jonathan was just talking about, it was like, I just could feel that, just, just that weight of his presence just come in. And, um, you know, it's like, it gets weightier. And so I just want to pray right now and just ask the Lord to have his way and do what he wants to do. So, Father, right now we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know every single person here. You have a plan for them. You have a path for them. You have your glory that wants to reside with them. And Lord, I ask today that my words would be your words and your words would be my words and that your heart would come through in what you want to say today, Lord. So I give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Yield myself to you and ask you, Lord, to have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I wanted to send you greetings um, from Pastor Bernita, who is my pastor in North Carolina. And um, she was here for years and started in a glows here and started churches here and um, meaning in this area. And um, whew, I felt like as I was praying for your church that um, I heard the Lord say, I am among you as one who serves. And I see this place as a group of people who get involved who get involved, not just with the church, but get involved with community, get involved with what God's doing, get involved in what is going on. And um, that's what Jesus did. When he came, he didn't come just to be served, just to be taken care of. He came to participate. He came to serve. He came to just, you know, roll up his sleeves and just get involved. And it's like, as you just step out into that, I really believe the Lord is bringing blessings on every wave. I mean, it's phenomenal. And, and I just want to <laughs> jump behind and say, I just want to thank Pastors Becky and Dean for, for just having me here. It's always fun to be here. It's like coming home, you know, so it's like, it's, it's a joy um, to just get to be here with you all. But one of the things with, I'm, I'm among you as one who serves, which is what Jesus said, is that Every single one of us, when we come into the kingdom of God, we have a purpose and we have a plan and God has a destiny for us. There's something for us to do. When Saul was on the road to Damascus, he is heading to go persecute the church. I mean, he got papers from the synagogue. He's going to Damascus. He's going to go abuse the church. Why? Because he believed the way he believed and he thought that was the way it was, right? I mean, he was just, he was faithful to the law as he knew it. He was doing things that he thought he was supposed to do. So by persecuting the church, he felt like he was just like right where God wanted him to be. You know, like, I'm standing up for the law. This is awesome. And as he's on his way, he's almost to Damascus, and boom, down on the ground he goes. This light comes, and it sets him on his tail. He's on the ground. 
And as soon as that happened, he said, Lord, who are you? Who is this? And Jesus had said to him before that, he goes, why are you persecuting me? And he's like, well, Lord, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus. Wow. He got an encounter, an instant encounter. So there's a lot of things in that. One of them is there are people that persecute you thinking they're doing the right thing because they've grown up a certain way and they believe a certain way. But let me tell you that Jesus can come in, he can completely and radically change that in an instant and in a moment. We have to stay faithful to what God has called us to do. We gotta keep walking that walk and talking that talk and living it out. It's not, Christianity is not a religion. It is a lifestyle, it is a relationship. We can come become more intimately aware of who Jesus is and learn about the wonders of his person. Finding out, like, who are you, Lord? Um, one of my favorite scriptures when I became a Christian was, um, well, actually, I was in this church service, and I was really, really new. I'd only been saved for, like, maybe, maybe two years. And um, they put everyone on the spot, and they wanted them to recite out loud in front of everyone their favorite Bible, Bible verse. And I was like, I don't know what my favorite Bible verse is. <laughs> so I just, I came up with one, but it has resonated with me all of my Christian life, which has been a long time now. And this is Philippians 3.10. I'm gonna read it and amplify it because this is what, the way the Lord brought it back to me. And it says, for my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. That means that this is a journey, this is a walk, this isn't just an introduction. This isn't just, okay, now I know Jesus, it's all over. It's like, no, this progresses, it grows, it gets deeper, it gets more intimate, you can know more facets of who he is. He's like a multifaceted diamond. Every way you turn it, it has different facets, different abilities, and different things that you see in it. And it's like, even as you read the word, there's layer upon layer upon layer of truth that's in the word of God. That's why people can preach out of this book and it never gets old. There's more and more and more revelation. There's more understanding. It paints the picture of who God is. It says that when Jesus came, he showed us who the Father was. You know, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is the Word? It's Jesus. The Word, this Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And he began to show us who the Father was, the way he lived his life. He walked around and he did good and he healed all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. He didn't condemn people. He didn't come to do that. You know, it's, it's very interesting that, um, that religion condemns, but Jesus... He came to give us life. He came to give it to us more abundantly. He came to encourage. He came to speak words of life. He came to drag people up out of sin. He didn't try to just beat them down in it. You know, it was like, there's a way out of this. There's an answer, and I'm the answer. I am the way, I'm the truth, and that's, I'm the life. That's what he told them. You know, he would always go out of his way to just try to draw people um, out of their misery and into a place of life, you know? John, John 3.16, 3.17, if you read it together, it's just, for God so greatly loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
He didn't withhold anything. He gave everything that pertained to life and godliness. He gave it all. He gave his absolute best. And it was like when he gave his best, he wasn't holding on thinking, oh man, you know, I better hang on to this. This is the best thing I got going. This is my son. I got to hold on to him. No, he sowed him. Why? Because he was going to get an incredible harvest. He was going to get an incredible harvest. You are part of that incredible harvest. God is so thrilled to know you, so thrilled that you accepted him, that you asked him to be the Lord of your life. I mean, it's like the reunion that we have when we get together and how we can know Jesus in such a depth. And Jesus came to to show us who the Father really is and what he's all about. You know, he said he was made. We're made in his image. We're supposed to be doing the same thing, bringing life, bringing love, bringing encouragement. The, the world will come and beat people down. You know, religion will come and tell them how bad they are. You know, their own heart is going to condemn them. But the Holy Spirit comes to convict because he gives them a way out. He gives them Jesus. He introduces them to Jesus. He's like, this is life. And more abundantly, you don't have to settle for being in this position. You know, um, let me finish the scripture. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not, should not perish but have everlasting life. It doesn't say whoever stops sinning because sometimes it takes people a little bit of time. You know, I mean, it's like God's all about cleaning up people, and he does a great job of it, and he draws them to himself. And, you know, even when we think nothing's happening, you never know what's going on on the inside of somebody. I remember being in Africa a few times, and one of the times we were supposed to go out on the street and invite people to come to church. I'm not an outgoing person. I mean, like, it's it's really hard. I'm an introvert. I would prefer to be in the corner with a book reading about God rather than standing up and talking. So it was, it's difficult. So we get to Nigeria, and Bernita's like, okay, we're going to go out and invite people to come to this crusade. I'm like, I don't want to go invite anybody to a crusade. I've never gone out on the street before. So here I am in Nigeria, and we're out on the street. And when people would come up to you, Nigeria is a hot country, like hot-blooded, like ready to fight, you know. Ghana, Ghanaians, very laid back, very cool, you know, just so, so, just a different personality. So we're in Nigeria, and I'd see these people coming up to me, and I was like, I think they'd rather shoot me than, you know, than talk to me, you know. So I'd go up to them, and I'd have a flyer, and I'd say, Hi, I'd like to invite you to come to our crusade tonight. We're from America, and we're here. We're going to speak about the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be over here in this, in this ball field. And um, as soon as I was pushed through, and I would just reach out to them, their face, their countenance would completely change. It was like the smiles would come across their face, and they were like receptive and open. And I thought... Man, you cannot go by the outside. You have to know that on the inside, that God is already moving in their heart. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that eternity is placed in the heart of every man. That eternity is always wanting to get back to the Father, always wanting to find a way back, 
always looking for that way back. And I want to tell you that you're going to be the one that gets used to bring them back. And I, there's more times where I stand in a situation and I go, God, I really don't know what to say here. I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to do. And so Holy Spirit and I are having a conversation on the inside. I'm like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? What's going to touch this person's heart? What is it? And so I'm, I'm waiting and communicating and asking them, give me a word that's going to minister to their heart because that's the word that it's going to take. And it's not about us. That's one of the things I try to talk to myself all the time. It's good to talk to yourself, to encourage myself in the Lord, right? Because there's so many times where you just feel like somebody else could do this job better. You don't know how many times I've tried to talk people into saying, you're a better speaker, you could do this. Why don't you do this? You know, you're really good, you're anointed. I mean, you really know the word. I'd much prefer that, you know? I told Bernita on our first mission trip, I said, hey, I'll be glad to carry your bags for you. Glad to do that, you know? I'll, be, I'll just be so happy to carry your bags. And um, we got there, and there were four churches, there were four members of the team, and there were four churches on Sunday morning at the same time. I don't know about you, but I did the math really fast. I'm like, oh man, I gotta go preach. I'm like, there's no way I gotta go preach. You gotta be kidding. And so I was, uh, we all went our separate ways and we started studying that night. And every one of us came out with the same, the same message. And I started getting encouraged. I started thinking, maybe I can hear the Lord. You know, the word says in John 10 that his sheep hear his voice. We can hear his voice. We can know what God wants us to do. We can know those things. But a lot of times, we don't, how do we know? Well, we know by the fruit that comes afterwards. You know, Moses, when God was trying to convince him that he needed to go in and set the children of Israel free from Egypt, Moses is like, how am I going to know this is really you? He said, well, when you get done and you brought them all out, you're going to worship me on this mountain. I'm like, wow, you know, that's faith. That's really faith to say, okay, after it's all over, you're going to know that it was me. And I'm like, lots of times that's us. We're just like Peter. We got to jump out of the boat and we have to start. And when you start, sometimes you stumble. Sometimes it doesn't sound like it's coming out right. But what I want you to know is that the eternity that's in them is responding to the, to the spirit of the Lord that's on the inside of you. And that that spirit is quickening them. That spirit is speaking to them and it's ministering to them. So you can be sitting right next to somebody and think they're not getting anything. They are stoic. They have no, no expression on their face. I'm not getting through. I'm not getting, you know, nothing's sinking in. But you need to keep on going. And you need to realize that you're speaking to the spirit. And when you speak to the spirit in somebody, it will hear you. It's because it's the same spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit, and it's in them, and eternity is placed in their hearts. And so when you're speaking to somebody, that's what you're ministering to. And don't go by what you see. Don't go by what you hear, but you go by the Word of God. And the Word of God says sow seeds. And so I'm going to continue to sow seeds of faith and continue to give them, give them that Word of life. But the Word that the Lord gave us in our very, for me, it was the first message I ever did, and it was on the mission field. And it was Ephesians 3, 20. And it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. He's able to do exceeding, 
exceedingly abundantly above anything that you can ask, anything that you can think, anything that you can pray. And, I, and sometimes I've wondered about that. I'm like, Lord, exceedingly abundantly above everything that you can ask or pray. And I'm like, okay, Lord, one of the things that I feel like the Lord is wanting to say is that when we get the whole counsel of God and we find out what God wants for us, then we can see the exceedingly abundantly. Our desires are not um, what God's looking for us to pursue. He's looking for us to pursue Him, and then He works His desires into our heart. And when His desires get worked into our heart and we begin to pray in that direction, we're going to start seeing exceedingly abundantly above everything that we ask or pray. But we've got to get on board and we've got to get in line with that. So in Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. But to delight yourself in the Lord, we've got to roll everything on him. In verse 5, it says, Commit your way to the Lord, and trust in him, and he's going to bring it to pass. I saw a picture one time when I was, was praying about that scripture. And one of the things that I saw was, uh, I saw this big, massive rock. And, and on this rock... Um, I saw myself pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And it was like some of the concerns I had, some of the things that, um, you know, like when I was first born again, I didn't have enough money to pay my bills. I sat down with Bernita one day, and I said, Bernita, what do you think, bankruptcy or suicide? And she's like, I don't think either one of those is a biblical solution to your problem. <laughs> and so I looked at her and I'm like, I know, and she said, what scripture are you standing on? And I said, scripture. Well, that's a unique idea. I didn't say that out loud. But I immediately was like, i got to find a scripture. What scripture am I standing on? And so the two of us sat down, and we put my bills together, and we began to pray over them. And within a very short time, miracles started happening. I had coached, and I did it as a volunteer one year. The next year, I was supposed to get paid but I had moved to North Carolina. I got a check in the mail, and I called them, and I said, I got this check for coaching, but I'm not there. And they said, um, didn't you volunteer last year? I said, I did. They said, did you get paid? I said, no. And they said, well, you keep that one, and you get two more. I'm like, are you kidding me? So this happened right after we prayed. Um, another thing happened, and I got a check in the mail, and it was for working for overtime. In North Carolina, you're supposed to pay overtime over 40 hours. But the company I worked for only paid overtime for 45 plus. I worked all the time. I worked a ton of hours. So I got this check in the mail for overtime between the 45, 40 and 45 hours. I got, just got this check that showed up in the mail. I'm like, woohoo! I had college debt. And then this college debt, um, they were charging interest which, you know, I'm using their money, I get, they charge interest. And I called them, and um, it just so happened that I happened, I lived in the town right next door to a school that was a sister school of where I went in Ohio. And uh, the guy said, you know, I used to work at that school that you, you graduated from. I said, did you really? He said, yeah. He said, guess what? I'm not going to charge you interest anymore. We're going to stop charging you interest. You just pay off the loan, okay? I was like, yes. So, I mean, all this stuff started happening 
when I rolled, to me, it was this insurmountable um, rock. And I saw myself just pushing and pushing and pushing. It was so hard to move. And as soon as I pushed it off the edge, I could see the hand of God, and this hand was massive, and it was like a little tiny pebble in his hand. It was so tiny to him. And it was like, as we commit, and that's what it is, it roll and repose your stuff on him. Whatever issues, whatever situations, whatever problems it is, roll it on to him because he cares for you and he's going to take care of that thing and he wants to. So I saw that picture that what to me looked like an absolute mountain, insurmountable, God looked at that thing and said, I got it taken care of. I asked him later, I said, Lord, why didn't you just take care of that thing right now? You could have just sold a couple of cattle. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Just sell a few cows and you could pay off my debt, right? It is all good. And I felt like my, the perception that I had was the Lord said, if I had paid off your debts without you learning the principles, you would have been in worse shape in a few months. So you had to understand the principles before I could turn everything around. It took me seven years. But in that seven years, I learned the principles, and then the Lord started blessing, and then he started pouring out. And it's like, one of the things, I think we quit too soon. We feel like, you know, I prayed about this, I prayed about this, I prayed about this, and that's, I'm, I might as well give up. God's not hearing me, and it's never going to happen. But I, I look at Matthew 7. You know, we're not quitters. We're contenders of the faith. We never stop. We never quit. We never give in. It's like we have to be tenacious. You know, I mean, how many of you guys have ever played sports? Anybody ever played sports before? You just never quit, do you? I mean, it's like the only team that loses is the one that quits. I'm like, you can't quit. That's not an option. I mean, get back in there, you know? It's like drag yourself out there. Do what you can do, you know? We're a team, you know? And if you can't be on the field, you can be cheering for the rest of the, rest of the gang, you know? But in um, Matthew 7, in verse 7, it says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. You know, that's a progressive thing. That doesn't mean just ask one time. It means ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Don't stop. Be like that woman that went to the judge and just would not quit asking and asking and asking until the judge is like, listen, I don't believe in God and I don't fear man. But this woman is so annoying, I'm going to give her what she's asking me for. Or she is never going to stop asking. And it's like, that's like us with God. It's like, God, do you remember this? God, you see my, you see these guys over here that I've been praying for. You see what's going on here, Lord. And it's like, I'm talking to him about them. He's the one that's got the answer, and he's the one that loves them more than even we do. You know, he really does care, and he really does want to draw them in. And one of the things that we're praying for is that their eyes would be open. You know, when Saul was on the road, it says that there was a, um, there was a covering over his eyes like scales. You know, it was over his eyes. He couldn't see. So he couldn't perceive. He couldn't understand. And that's what you've got to understand. A lot of the people that you're talking to, they can't see. They can't hear. They can't understand. But it's like we need to keep praying and that the eternity in them will get to them. That the Holy Spirit who ministers all the time, 
never stops. That he, uh, he's like, we call him the holy hound dog. You know, he just stays on a trail until he absolutely draws them in. And it's like, you can never, we can't judge. We can't decide that, oh, they're too far. There's no such thing as too far. No such thing. It's like, and, and it's never too late. You know, I mean, a day is as a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years as a day. If they're saved for a day, it's like a thousand years. You know, it's like, so we can't ever stop. We got to continue persisting and believing and going. And if we get knocked down in one area, it doesn't mean that we just don't get up and go in other areas. It's like, this is what I'm believing the Lord for. Why? Because I believe that it was a rhema word of God. I believe it was a word that he put in my heart that this is going to happen. You know, he said, I love the Cornelius anointing. Where one in the household is saved, Joshua said, they'll all be saved. Where one in the household is saved, they'll all be saved. I'm like, Lord, that's my declaration. Where one in the household is saved, they'll all be saved. I'm going to stand upon that word until I see every single person coming in. And I may even go to the grave and some of those younger people haven't gotten in there yet, but they're coming. They're coming. Don't ever quit. Our prayers go beyond the grave. It's like, you know, our God is alive. You know, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <laughs> Jesus said, uh, he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. You know, he's a living God. He's a live God. We live. Um, oh, thank you, Lord. Gotta love the scripture. It's alive. It's full of life. You know, sometimes when you're feeling like, man, I don't feel like God's hearing me, we just need to um, keep on persisting and keep on praying and keep on asking and ask the Lord, what is it that he wants to do at the time? Um, in verse, uh, let's see, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, it says in verse 1. A living sacrifice. We're alive. We're living. We're to live and breathe and go and do and be. You know, uh, Bernita has a license plate, and her license plate says, go, do, be. And... and one morning she woke up and she just perceived in her spirit the Lord was saying to her, go, do, be. And she's like, okay, Lord, go, do, be. What, what does that mean? And eventually he said to her, go where I tell you to go, do what I tell you to do, and be who I need you to be when you get there. So go wherever I tell you to go, be who I need you to be, and do what I have for you to do. And I look at that and everywhere we go, we are a light. The darkness cannot comprehend the light. When you walk into a room, there's a difference. There's a change. Something happens in the atmosphere when you walk into a room. You walk into a place that's dark, you take the light in. You may not be able to physically see that light, but in the spirit, I tell you what, everything's at attention when you walk into that atmosphere. And for us, we got to keep on living and keep on working and keep on doing and keep on moving forward. And that's what Jesus said, I'm among you as one who serves. He just rolled up his sleeves and he went to work. You know, one of the things about serves is means to be a, an attendant. 
like to supply food and necessities of life, to provide. That's what he did. And then I started thinking about it when I was looking at the definition of serve. And, you know, I thought about the feeding the 5,000. He was a practical. He was practical. He fed the 5,000. He fed the 4,000. It was like the disciples were like, well, send them away. You gave them all the spiritual food that they needed. You know, send them away. They need to go somewhere else and eat. And he's like, no, we're going to take care of them. He took care of the natural needs of people. He cared about what people needed. And it's like, if he so cared for them, doesn't he care for you? It says he cares for the birds. He cares for the sparrows. If he cares for the sparrows, wouldn't he care for you? So I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, you count. You know every hair on my head. You know exactly what I have need of. And the Lord knows what you have need of today. He knows what the needs are. He knows what the needs are in this place. He knows what the needs are in this church and what he wants to do. And he's going to do a work. It's like he is on the throne, but he is alive and he is moving through you. He is moving today. He's going to move tomorrow and he's going to move the day after that. But he uses people. He uses me and you. He uses us. And just like Jesus was one who serves, you know, the disciples were like, they were all about wanting to be the big dog. You know, they wanted to be number one. And they're having an argument about it. But I'm more important than you are. You know who I came from. Yeah, yeah and I can hear them. Yeah, and you're a fisherman, you can't read. You know, I mean, it's like, you can see this little battle that they're having. You know, and then Jesus comes right into the situation and says, hey, you know, this is the way it is in the world. The world's like that. But in the church, it's not like that. In the body of Christ, it's not like that. We serve. You know, that's what we do. We used to say ministry is spelled W-O-R-K, you know, because, you know, it's all, it's about work, you know. And it's like when you look at it in the, in the um, grand scheme of things, when you look at it in eternity, it's like every moment that you spend praying, every moment that you spend in the Word of God, every moment that you spend conversing with the Lord, every one of those is an eternal moment. You know, that, you never wasted a moment when you spend it with God. When you come here and you come and you worship God and you um, take part in the Word and you seek His face, every one of those moments is an eternal moment. You know, it's like you're banking those things away. And God returns to us time. He gives it back to us. It's like He will, he will take our time and expand it. Have you ever had times where you felt like, Lord, I don't have time for you? And you couldn't get anything done that day. You weren't productive, nothing worked, everything went haywire. And it's like, but then there have been times where it's like, I've got to take that time with the Lord. I've got to make that my number one. And when you do that, it's like things fall into place. You find answers like that quick. We do taxes. And some days it can take you hours to find an answer. We don't have hours to find answers because we're really, really busy, you know? And so we'll just, we'll just pray. And one of the girls, she has this incredible anointing. I'll say, hey, I need this answer right now. And she'll just, boom, she finds it. I'm like, I don't know how you've done that. And she said, well, I asked the Lord because I knew that we needed this. And I asked him for, for an ability to be able to do this. And she can come in, and it, I'll read like 50 articles. She can come in in about two seconds and find the answer. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. But I feel like she's my Holy Spirit hound dog. You know, she can just go in and she can find something for me. But one of the things that, um, that happened to me 
we were in, um, we had an office that God miraculously gave us. And um, somebody was coming in and they were going to buy that building. And so we were going to have to get out of there. And um, this is October, the end of October. And it was the following January 1st that we were going to start. We needed to be ready to have our office open. And so I was seeking the Lord and I wasn't getting anything. I was nothing. Did ever, ever anybody else besides me ever feel like I've asked and I've asked and I've asked and I have no answers. I don't know what to do. And so I'm in my office and I was agitated. You know, did you ever get agitated? It's like, I want an answer. I need an answer. It's not like I just want one. I have to have an answer. I have to be moved and I have to be ready in eight weeks. How is that going to happen? And I'm going to Israel on a mission trip for 10 days out of that time. So I'm like, okay, Lord, so we're, we're down to less than two months. And so um, I got agitated, got up, started running outside. One of the girls came after me and she said, uh, can I go with you? And I'm like, sure, fine, that'd be great. And so we just start walking in town and I'm walking by buildings. And she picked up one of those real estate magazines. There were two commercial buildings in it. Um, I was like, well, let's go see them. So we got in the car, we ran over there, we looked at these buildings, stood in front of this one. It hadn't been inhabited in a year, and so it was really overgrown and stuff. But I stood in front of that building, I'm like, this is our building. This is it. This is the one. There were so many miracles that happened. We got it for so, so, so far below what it was worth. Um, God just moved for us. He opened up the door. Um, the whole church basically came together and moved me while I was in, um, I was in wherever it was, Israel. It was amazing. It was awesome. But you know, sometimes the Lord gets you to that place where you're just all about, like, I gotta have an answer. I am desperate for an answer. And it's like at that moment, like it's more than the 11th hour. To me, it's 11.59 and 55 seconds, you know? It's like that's when you get your answer. And we had the answer, and it was exactly what we needed. And I just believe that the Lord wants to answer prayers. He wants to tell you what's on his heart for you. He wants you to know what he desires for you. Because what he desires for you is far beyond anything you can imagine for you. It's way past that. The life I'm living now, I never foresaw that. I never foresaw the things that he has done for me. I would have never been able to tell you 37 years ago when I started helping Bernina Conway because it was the first prophetic word I ever got that I would be where I am today and, and God would have done the things he did. There's just no way. But it is one step at a time, one yes, Lord, at a time. And God can take you places where you'd just be absolutely amazed. So I just want to pray with us today for us and just believe that God has a plan for you and it's always for good. He always has hope. He always has a future. And it's for you, but it's for your children. It's for your families. It's for your coworkers. He's got a good plan. And it's not just for us. It's for, it's for everyone. And so the Lord wants to use you. He wants to use you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to move through you. And he's going to do a work through you. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, for these, every single person here. Lord, I pray that you will 
speak to them. Lord, you said in your word that your sheep hear your voice. And so, Lord, thank you for speaking to every one of us in our own unique way. And Lord, I pray right now that you would open up doors before them that no man can shut, that you will shut doors before them no man can open, that you will lead them, that you will guide them, that you will direct them, that Lord, you will make their time more profitable, that Lord, you will lead them and guide them and direct them into how to work with you and for you. So Lord, we just thank you for every single person that's here right now. I just pray for them. I ask you, Lord, to touch them. I ask you to bless them. Holy Spirit, please minister to every single person today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we give you the glory for it right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, guys. Hey, if you want prayer, I'd be more than glad to pray with you. If there's been something you've been praying, asking the Lord for an answer, and you haven't gotten it, I really feel like the Lord wants to give you breakthroughs and speak to you and give you direction. So thank you again. And thank you so much for being with us today in this service. Now listen, during this service, if you have been ministered to, there's something that happens when the Spirit of God begins to move upon a person. He begins to draw us unto Himself. And I want to tell you that today is a day of salvation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you've accepted Him at one point in time and your relationship is no longer where it needs to be, then I would ask you to simply repeat this prayer with me. As we pray, I just repeat it with me and let's believe God. He is so faithful and He is so true. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. I repent of my sins. I ask for your forgiveness and your blood to wash me clean. I walk away from my old life and I walk into my new life. Thank you, Lord. I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time or if you've rededicated, please comment, let us know. We got some material for you. We would love to absolutely get this into your hands so that it would help you and strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.